Welcome to the MCM Podcast. We are going to talk about diversity in literature today and how Dear Martin applies to real life. I'm Mark Gunner. I'm Mackenzie Egger. And I'm Campbell Coleman. We are all seniors and we're doing this project for our AP Lit literature class. And today we'll be discussing the book Dear Martin and how it relates to the Dark Fantastic by Dr. Thomas. And we will be looking into the representation of people of color in young adult literature books. So for our first topic, we are going to talk about how um, Dear Martin is a fiction story, but it just, it feels way too realistic from the America that we live in. So like, right in the start of the book, when he gets uh, pulled over, or when he gets arrested by the cop, and he gets pinned to the ground, and he's just being like completely mistreated, that like is just something that is way too common and realistic. I think right now, when you're kind of looking at like the current state of modern America, and you see how there's a lot of police uh, brutality and stuff, and you can see that under the trial of Derek Chauvin, I think it draws a lot of parallels and correlation between like the from uh, Dear Martin and the trial with like Manny and stuff after he was killed at that stoplight in the book. All right, so I kind of feel like um, like getting back to that, it's very much from a place of um. Uh, stereotyping and ignorance that kind of comes out where people assume that these people are more violent just based off of like um, stereotyping and these types of uh, predispositions towards the color of their skin. Dude, 100%. Like, in this story, when they just like freak, they just like start making up that like Manny and Jess have a gun and like they're like completely provoking the officer and everything. And they're going back into their past of like when, um, he dressed up as like a thug and saying like, oh, he was a thug the whole yeah. time. And I think it kind of can be shown back to like from the, like what they hit on a little bit in the Dark Fantastic, right? Where it's kind of like, um, how do you want to put it? Like how, how there's the lack of representation for it. Mm-hmm. So the main, like the main picture you get painted towards minorities in America is through the news. You definitely don't view them favorably because it's not, it's not economical to view them favorably, you know? Mm-hmm. And also, like, since, like, there's never, like, the good character or, like, the main character that saves the day is a black person, it, I feel like people in real life will always see them as the villain. Yeah, which or, like, some most... type of, like, they're never in an actual, like, um, in actual, like, main role for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like, I know a lot of people in Black Panther came out, a lot of people did that, where it's like, see, they've got something. It's like, but it's not, in comparison to everything else, it's still not enough, you know? Yeah. In, like, the actual uh, proportional to the population of it. No, not even close. And, like, especially with superhero movies. Like, you look at DC, like, they have, like, what, one guy? And yeah, he yeah. turns into the bad guy halfway through. And I think it's just, um... The other thing you have to think about is, like, that actually was how she described just getting arrested. Mm-hmm. Is, like, exactly like George Floyd. And she wrote that before George Floyd. Oh, true. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, like... That isn't a first, like, George, like, everybody said, oh, well, that's just one bad cop, but, like, it's not. Like, it's been happening for forever. And just, like, that one time was caught on video, and it was spread through it, social yeah, media. Yeah, you gotta think about, like, the amount of times that this happens before and goes unreported and unnoticed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's, like, a sense of general, um, I guess, like, privilege and entitlement, you could say, right? Yeah. In the sense of it, of it's, like, well... Because we don't have to really, 
I mean, definitely no one enjoys getting pulled pulled over by a cop, but we don't really have to be we don't have to be worried about like dying right. by at the hands of cop for the most part, right? Like when I get like I got pulled over and it wasn't like oh shit, is he gonna kill me? It's not me? like this is gonna. It's not like, and I think there's a lot of to be said in that, and the fact that we generally go through our life without truly being able to comprehend the black experience in America. One hundred percent, yeah. And that's one one thing I like reading more books like Dear Martin, I think it can put us into their perspective because we'll never be able to experience yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you put yourself into the book, like that's what I do when I read books. I like to put myself into the main character. You can see and you can more like almost feel how they've been treated and the racism that they have felt. Our first ad is the calendar for business management. Um, Third Hour is selling them for $15, and there's thousands of pictures in there of events throughout high school, There's and you definitely have a photo in there, and your birthday's also in there. So, and there's $30 worth of coupons in the calendar, so come get it, and Mackenzie Egger is selling them. All right. For our next topic, we are going to talk about affirmative action and how um, it gets portrayed in the book, and I guess our opinions on yeah. affirmative action. So, um, in the book, Jared, um, he's kind of the antagonist. Um, he's very racist, and he wants said one of the main things he says is everything's equal. Can we call him racist or can we just call him extremely ignorant? Like I think that one comes from I think racism can also be intertwined with ignorance. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I feel like to being ignorant to a certain extent will like start to become racist. Mm-hmm. Because I think a decent amount of ignorant people wouldn't say they're racist, but some of their takes definitely are yeah. not that hot. Right, and like Jared's best friend was Manny, but like he had a bunch of racist views. Yeah, 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 so yeah. he's like almost like a fifty fifty case, I don't know. Like yeah. I don't know what on the day, you know? Yeah. But um, uh, Justice got into Yale early decision, and Jared didn't. And Jared believed that the only reason Justice got in was because he was black and due to affirmative action. But actually, when they looked through score scores, and uh, Justice had a better ACT score, so yeah. it was you could see the. Um, like I think this book actually has a really good example of affirmative action. I did. I did. Mm-hmm. Like when I read that, I was actually like, "Oh, this is a really, this is a really good explanation." Like, yeah, a great mm-hmm. explanation. Like, yeah. yeah, she explains it how when kids that are raised in like super poor communities that you know have more minorities than white kids, how they have their backs against the wall the entire time. So they're reading out of textbooks from the eighties and these kids that are in rich communities have their Chromebooks and everything. And it's like, well, these kids that had their Chromebooks and all their nice schools and their overpaid teachers might score 50 points higher on the SAT. But these kids that have their be- their backs against the wall and everything like that, like deserve an equal look. But yeah. it kind of is like, oh, well, if you look at the, um, uh, like if you have like the student from an inner city from an underfunded school who gets like a 3.7 right right as compared to like the student who's going to like some private school with all like where their parents pay hundreds of thousands of dollars literally like the same as going to college basically same Mm -hmm. price and same like level of education like as going to college right it's kind of like 
uh, how the person who has the 3.7, even though it's a smaller number, they still had to work harder to get it because there were more actual hurdles and barriers to overcome. Yeah. It's like if you like had to bake a cake and like one person was given like perfect cake stuff and another person was given like the raw stuff. materials. And so it was like, well, their cake's not as good, but like look what they had to yeah, overcome yeah. to even get to it. Mm-hmm. Jared. was extremely privileged and he also pointed out how Manny's parents who obviously they worked very hard they were one was a doctor and one was a lawyer and they had to work so hard to get there and that was just as the same like that one black family means that everything else is equal for everybody else that everybody has those the same opportunities that those parents did and that's not true obviously. oh well the laws now like everything's equal but like the mm-hmm. laws don't like the laws don't have anything to do with how much people are getting paid at their jobs like right. through private organizations and so yeah. and even like Manny's dad he was like top of his uh, firm but yet he was still facing racism from yeah, like his like, under um, like his inferiors a new like intern was being mm-hmm. racist to him and it's like okay you know just because like these laws make it illegal that or make it um everyone like, you can't be arrested just for being black anymore. Yeah. But we definitely have a lot of things in society that make it a lot easier to be arrested because you're black than mm-hmm. for being a white person. It's like, like, one of the most annoying things ever is when people say, like, oh, well, I'm not racist because I have black friends. But, like, Jared in the book is a perfect example of, like, an extremely ignorant person. And, like, his best friend's black, but he's, yeah. like, still racist. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, like, okay, I can talk about how this happened to my friend, but it's like, that isn't you, though. Part of the problem with the book is that Manny puts up with it, too. Yeah. And yeah. so he's not helping Jerry. Well, like, how can you even blame him, though? Because like, I think like, there's a lot of, like, um, no. I don't know. I think it's, it's still seen as, like, kind of, the stereotyping is still kind of seen as socially acceptable, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Like, not saying that it's um, morally acceptable or morally right, obviously. But I think it's definitely a lot easier for most people to give a pass to than actual just blatant racism. Well, like, think about it. If you're in a friend group of eight people and they make a joke about you, yeah, yeah, and they yeah. all laugh and you don't, you're like, okay, well, am I the asshole that doesn't take this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are the so only like, friends I have. Do I want to go make new ones? Exactly. Right. It's kind of like, oh, they're my friends, so I'm just going to put up with it. And yeah. it's like, that still doesn't make it acceptable. All right, now we are going to discuss the topic on how Dear Martin uh, used the relevance of Martin Luther King with justice. So I thought this was an interesting part of the book because it was like... Like an interesting little concept and a little thing going on for you. It really, like, it was a way of, like, showing what a character's inner thoughts were without, like, the character talking to themselves or, like... Uh, It gave, like, a decent inner monologue, kind of. Yeah, like, it was a great way on expressing, like, what what they were thinking on everything. Like, he talked about everything. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how he found out Manny died was through Dear Martin. Yeah, yeah, the letter and stuff. And I think it's just a really good, like, um insight onto the experience he was having and stuff like that. You know? Yeah, and it was, it was just a great tool. And when Justice is writing to MLK, he, one of the things he mentions is like, he's, he, Martin Luther King Jr. was doing all this stuff, doing everything he could, and yet he was still shocked. Mm-hmm. And so, I think Justice, and after he realized, like, basically, like, why is, there's no point in writing to Martin, because things are not going to change, and so eventually we stopped seeing the letters so much, yeah. and it's just the news. And I think that was um, Nick Stone, I think, chose to do that because 
Um, I think it shows like the um, the like loss of hope. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can feel yeah. right from after being just like a person of color in America and just being like coming to that realization that things definitely things might not change in your lifetime, mm-hmm. and that it that's how the system is set up because it's stacked against you, you know. And how it's taking a long time to dismantle that. And there are always going to be people that have these, not always, but for the foreseeable future, there will be these people that have these prejudices and predispositions, just based off the color of your skin, you know? But I think also Nick Stone, at like the end of the book, it, sh- he, it shows that, um, like, when Jared, he's changed. Like, you can tell he's, like, looking into African studies. Yeah. And I think that was, like, the bright light, like, people can change. But the thing that was frustrating for me reading that is like, why did it have to be Manny had to die for Jared to have to yeah, change? Yeah, why can't it just be an acknowledgement of the conversation that was going on throughout the book, I guess? Exactly. And like, that's kind of similar to real life. It was like, when um, George Floyd was killed, there was the huge, um, we like, in fighting injustice against black cops. But like, why did it have to have like George Floyd dying for us yes. to kind of look and, and start and fighting for change? It's just like, the thing that gets me is there are so many cases of that that are just undocumented and not mm-hmm. reported. And right. it's just like that they just go unnoticed. These people just fade away. And I, I guess it's just sad that it has to take this level of um vocalization, realization to even consider a little bit of change. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you get like cops are really under trained and that's been like that for forever. Well totally. but, we're only talking about that in like 2020, 2020. We're talk, like talking about um, oh, undertrained is the cop that misplaced her taser for a gun. Yeah. And it's like, you can't do that. <laughs> like people in the medical school, if you give them the wrong shot or the wrong medicine, they yeah, imagine like they would have lost their like, lives. Oh my God. It's like, imagine just like giving someone like the wrong type of like it's anesthetic like and then kill them. It's like she got like um, she just resigned. She yeah, it's like she got the I, she no, she did get um She didn't I, get charged with murder. She did get charged with oh. second degree manslaughter, but still it's like it, the fact that that's not just instant. The fact that there's But like, like there but the fact that some people in America are trying to defend it and be like, Oh be like, well, that was just an mistake. innocent mistake. And it's like you don't accidentally shoot someone with a taser twice. Yeah, so then we go to how the dark fantastic relates to not enough representation of color in literature. Mm-hmm. Necessarily. I can say that there's lack of representation yeah. in literature yeah. of yeah. actual minorities and people of color. Uh, you know? One hundred percent. But I don't exactly relate to that, you know, and yeah. I don't really understand that. I can kinda see how it's negative and I can know I, I can see how it's negatively impactful. And to conclude our podcast, we are pretty much just summarizing how Dear Martin translate into real life. We talked about how the relationship between Martin Luther King Jr. and justice. And how it refers to and uh, works with the dark fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it does. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the podcast. Um, we're going to thank... Mackenzie Egger for the ad and uh, thank you for the audience for listening MCM signing off this is Mackenzie Egger this is Mark Gunner this is Campbell Goldman peace out